The first time I actually started running was at the age of 19. And I'd spent, like I say, I'd spent my teenagers with anxiety, but also with an eating disorder, bulimia. And so I had a really awful relationship with my body. Um, we talked about self-sabotage. I was like queen of self-sabotage. Yeah. I'd be in a terrible place with how I felt about my body. And running was probably the first time I'd ever felt grateful for what my body could do as opposed to how it looked. And it changed it changed the game for me. It really helped me recover from that eating disorder because I just started looking at my relationship with food and my body so differently. Welcome to Move With Gratitude, a brand new podcast from us here at Run Grateful. My name is Mark White and I'm the founder of Run Grateful, which is a social initiative aimed at growing a global running community with a focus on gratitude practice using the power of movement as our vehicle. Join me as I have insightful conversations with others as we dive deep into personal stories, talking all things movement and gratitude. We hope you enjoy the episodes as much as we enjoyed recording them. And don't forget, don't just run, run grateful. Good morning, everybody. Hope everyone is well, wherever you are in the world. Um, Another episode of Run Grateful's Move With Gratitude podcast here at HQ in a misty Hackney Wick, East London. No better place to be, I'm sure there is, but um, I'm happy here. And uh, I'm really pleased to be joined by um, a great lady that I don't know yet, um, but I'm going to get to know, as you are, if you haven't heard of her already, but it's the famous Jess uh, that I've heard just lives up the road in, in East London, actually, who is the founder of Run Talk Run and Walk Talk Walk. So fairly self-explanatory in the titles, but I'm mean, curious to find out more about how it come about, about yourself, about the reason behind these uh, amazing groups, communities that you've formed. And um, yeah, let's, let's get to it. So good morning, welcome. Good morning. Hi. How's, uh, how's life today? It's let's talk about today. Alive today, uh, so far it's going good. I mean, we're early in the morning. Yeah, like <laughs> um, five past eight. <laughs> there's plenty more day to be had, but so far it's going well, yeah. Good. Um, rather chaotic, but good. A good chaotic. Yes. Yeah. Good. So it means you are. It sounds like, and I've, uh, as I mentioned when we first met earlier on, about ten minutes ago, um, you are out there in the world, amongst it, taking part, showing up, contributing to some good stuff, and uh, which, yeah, as a consequence, you know, obviously brings. Um, yeah, lots of different thoughts and feelings and how did I get here and what we're doing and looking to grow what you've grown. And, and I see you hit a bit of a milestone uh, last week or, or very recently anyway with uh, with what you've built, which is amazing. Is it two years? Is it? Uh, four years. Four years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Four years. So four years of what? Let's dive into what you've, what you've built. It's uh, absolutely incredible from the outside looking in. Of course. Yeah. So some context around what Run Talk Run is. We're a mental health support community hosting peer support groups um, and your typical peer support group you know you'd meet sit in a circle raise your hand and share what you're feeling but we we take each other out on a run a very gentle five kilometer jog as a means of facilitating those those heavy chats. Um, it's a space where you know you don't have to turn up with a smile on your face you can turn up after a crap day at work mm. and just be whatever you are in that moment mm-hmm. amazing and it's obviously grown you know quite a lot over the last four years uh, which is amazing but everything starts somewhere so 
how did it come about like was you into running beforehand or walking or did you see the value of kind of just movement in general and uh, like t- take us back to that kind of initial idea of like oh you know I, I want to do something I want to get get involved in something in some way what was your history before you know was you uh, had you built communities before or was you involved in any kind of community yourself which sparked any of this or no so um I basically had my own experience of mental ill health since about the age of 13. I had been very up and down um, experiencing depression and bulimia on a fluctuating basis um, throughout most of my life. Um, And running had been a small part of how I managed my mental health, but had never been very consistent with it. Um, In 2017... I found myself um, quite depressed again. When I say quite depressed, I was, I was in a terrible place. Um, had been through a breakup, wasn't managing it well. I was doing all the tick box things that you do when you feel that way. I was taking my antidepressants. I was seeing a therapist. Um, but what I found was that I wasn't really opening up at all to that therapist. I also, with that depression, experienced social anxiety. And at the time could not handle that eye contact or being face to face with someone and sort of like forced to share what was going on. So um, I didn't open up well in that space, but my mum gratefully um, sort of forced me out running most weekends when I was in that headspace. I'd sort of escaped down to Sussex. And um, what I found was it was a lot easier to share with her whilst we were running what was going on, almost accidentally uh, letting words just like sort of come out of my mouth um, as we were moving and it dawned on me and it <clears throat> dawned on her as well that actually this was an easier space for me to share um, and it got to the end of that summer and it was actually my mum who said look Jess this is working for you why don't you go find some friends to run with in London love um, it love it uh, I was very reluctant to try and do that and I looked at all the running communities that already existed Um, But they all just looked terribly um, good vibes only. For someone who was depressed, they all looked really extroverted, really happy, really fast. And it terrified me. Yeah. Um, I thought, I just want a gentle 5K where I can talk about how bad I'm feeling. Um, And it didn't exist. So that was when I decided, like, that needs to change. I need to open this up to other people. Amazing. It's great. I love that. Um... Obviously, I don't love you know some of what you shared back and, and the story around it. Although, listen, life is life, and it's all part of the tapestry of life. And the hope is that you know, throughout the ups and downs, somewhere, somehow, you know, we find our place. You know, and we can kind of just get that balance, I suppose, which is absolutely identifiable with a lot of what you've shared this morning about you know some of what found you um, relating in the way in which you now relate. You know, and creating these spaces based on your own experiences, you know, and uh, which takes so much courage, you know, because it's that push and pull all the time, isn't it? It's just like, especially with my experiences of showing up in my own way and doing what I can with what I've got, brings certain thoughts and feelings, which kind of, I want to try and not think and feel, (laughs) you know, and it's always just like, but I ask for it. And, um, you know, when I say ask for it, obviously, you know, come across a bit harsh really but you know I've got to take responsibility you know because that's just it you know because if I'm asking for it then there's a consequence you know it does bring about certain things and it's always that fight and that fear you Mm -hmm. know and I've always seen that 
one of my little sayings is faith sits with doing you know as long as I'm doing something and not doing things to escape because there's a massive difference or you know if I'm kind of contributing and doing things with good intentions then the faith just kind of uplifts me more and the fear kind of dwindles mm. and it is a constant battle you know from moment to moment sometimes it's not a day-to-day thing or weeks that are good periods and not so good periods so yeah amazing that you know you've you, you made that decision and your mum kind of you know gave you a little nudge mm-hmm. and uh and it seemed like there's a big summer for you as well you know and it really kick-started something for you you know when you found that relationship with running I suppose and how it could support you know add some more support to to uh, other things that you might have you know um been been experiencing like the therapy etc absolutely I think prior to that point running had been a very solo activity and I hadn't really realized um how much better it could be if it was a shared activity um yeah it definitely opened like my eyes to what it could be used for and I totally relate to what you're saying about how you know sometimes you put yourself in that place of discomfort of doing um and it's not always the best thing for you in that moment but you know that the discomfort will lead you somewhere great eventually and it was definitely the case for me like when I started run talk run I was still depressed when I started it it wasn't like I healed before starting it and um definitely question whether it was helping me or hurting me mm. uh for the first six months of oh, trying sounds, to get it going oh, i really felt that as you said that if it's hurt, yeah i really get that oh mate yeah 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 and i really get that <laughs> yeah. really as a i say it's a good way of describing it but yeah just yeah just the way you you, you um described it there was uh yeah it's big stuff isn't it it is big stuff you know because you know the hope is um definitely for me is just like, as long as you can help one other person then it's kind of all worthwhile you know because if no one was there for you in certain moments then you wouldn't be where you are now so it's a kind of always just kind of that collective effort you know and it's always kind of at the forefront of my mind where you know I started my own uh, running community a few years ago uh, called Your Town Runners and uh, you know there's a there's a lot in the fabric of that that I can relate to with what you've kicked off as well um, not necessarily in the title but definitely that social element of it and just kind of like listen like just top up go for a run no real structure no real kind of chasing PBs you can go and do your you know your, your training on you know Mondays Wednesdays Thursdays but on a Tuesday just use it as an opportunity to maybe slow down you know and it's not to because there's a huge um yeah, there's, there's huge value in slowing down sometimes, you know, because it can actually make you go faster if you're that way inclined. So anyway, but, but with that, you know, if I had to show up on my own for a few weeks just to get it going, I, I, I kind of did for a while, and now it's grown to be, you know, a lovely thing. And lots of stories have been told and people have met and gone on to do X, you know, X, Y, and Z. And, and it's great, isn't it, just to kind of see that play out. And you must be so proud to... You know, even in, like you said, the moments in which you're not feeling maybe tip-top, but just to see, you know, these relationships that have been formed as a consequence of you showing up and, you know, throwing something out there into the world. You must have met some amazing people as well. Oh, 100%. I think the the premise of Run, Talk, Run, you know, having it as a space where people go with the intention of being open Mm. uh, means that from the get-go we're, I don't know, starting off on a... I guess a deeper on, note. On the right foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on yeah. the right foot. Yeah. And just um, without the pretenses that we can sometimes have when we meet mm. new people. I uh, definitely think running helps us lower those barriers and false pretenses. But um, I have met some incredible people who have been some through some incredibly challenging things. Um, and it's great. It gives you some perspective on, on life and how resilient we all are and 
how we just keep going. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So t- tell us a little bit about the framework around it, like a, a meet once a week in, in various locations now and you just kind of, like you mentioned, just go off for a nice social 5K 5K run. And it sounds like a walk now as well in, in some instances, yeah? Yeah, yeah so... Um, yeah, what started as just one run is now 170 groups um, being hosted every single week um, by volunteers. Uh, all of our runs are 5K, all of our runs are gentle. Um, and yeah, there's there's a lot of them. And <laughs> some of those are walks. So we've got about 20 of those groups now, walks, um, which has opened it up even more. I think when you're a runner, you sort of assume that everyone else loves to run as well. And it's not the case. Um there are people that can't run or just don't want to. So, yeah, the walk-talk walks have been a good alternative. Yeah, they are out there, those people that just, just can't get the running thing. They just no. even positioned as a social thing because a lot of people, not everybody, and I think the awareness around running and, and that kind of movement in particular, you know, over the last few years since I've been uh, more involved in it, you know, because before I started to run, like running didn't exist for me. It's just I didn't even... It's funny, isn't it, because, like... Uh, Bit, bit of a uh, not the best example either but even when I got my dog like I never used to see dog walkers but all of a sudden become a dog owner and now there's, there's a whole community that you just notice driving away you know driving around and it's the same with running like before I run in there's obviously people going about their business going on runs etc you just don't see them do you and it's just don't no. acknowledge them for no other reason and there's just because you can't relate to it but now it's just like you know I always like a little nod or if I'm driving past I always see oh, everyone's out today and it's really great to be part of something in it and actually mm-hmm. think actually that's that's something that I enjoy doing as well and you yeah. just really respect it you know because some people yeah they just you know I try and sell them the dream sometimes and they're just like nah <laughs> nah sorry Mark my, my, my name, nah, not for me what about walking yeah, yeah. yeah I think what you've just described is is very much like finding your people yes. like finding people you identify with um, and running yeah it's, it's a great way to do that you know even if you're not a runner you can quite easily find yourself in that community and that's quickly identify yourself as being one of them yeah especially if you find yourself in a welcoming and friendly community absolutely um creating these different environments like you mentioned like there was something that you were attracted to more than anything else and that you didn't see it existed you know when we're you know you were looking so just kind of you know creating it yourself is is as i mentioned a huge step so with that in mind with the growth you know how was you that way inclined before? Was your skill set to kind of manage growth like that or kind of was people supporting you and guiding you? And yeah, how was that like putting a framework around it and managing, you know, kind of like more groups wanting to happen? Because that's like logistically and just, you know, it's a job, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a job. It <laughs> so, is. Yeah. yeah, I'd agree. It is. Um, no, I didn't necessarily have the skill set for it and I didn't anticipate that it would ever be more than just one support group. Yeah. We were one group running weekly for a year. And I thought that was how it was always going to be. I was quite content with that. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that I'm not delighted that it's grown, because I am. Yeah. But um, no, it's not like I had done this before. I've never grown you anything like this. didn't strategize, you didn't sit no. down and think. <laughs> I still don't. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm learning as I go. Um, and I'm lucky that now I've got so many incredible volunteers that do support me. But it is like having a, a full-time job on top of my full-time job. Yes, yeah, of course, yeah. And do you get caught up sometimes in, 
I say the fear of it all, but just kind of, yeah, just like the expectation around it all and the responsibility of it all um, as a as a founder, I suppose, you know, and yeah. uh, there's a difference between founder and CEO. I was speaking about this with Tyler the other day, actually, the founder of uh, Outrunners, and just managing expectations of ourselves, of knowing where we are, you know, and our responsibility within this this thing that is largely not even for us, you know, it's for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so how have you found that over the years as it's grown with like your spot in it? Is it something that you, is settled down in you or is it still something you kind of, you know, um, you know, trying to manage? Uh, I have to manage my expectations of myself quite, quite a lot. Um, this week, in fact, I have crashed massively, really, really crashed. Um, and it's, yeah, because I've set my, my bar too high. I've tried to people please a bit too much and put myself in too many places. Mm. Um, but I think the benefits always outweigh like the weeks like this where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I do have to be very careful. Um, my friend, like a few days ago, she's like, you do remember Run, Talk, Run is meant to help everyone's mental health. Just just remember that. And you're, you're one of those people that's meant to help. And mm. it was a good reminder, actually. Next week, I need to chill out. <laughs> yeah. It's nice um, to have people around you, isn't it, that kind yeah. of just nudge you in that direction. It's so easy just to get consumed by or overwhelmed by just the thoughts that it brings and just getting caught up in that noise and uh, never ceases to amaze me really. I mean, even bringing it back to running, which is, you know, largely a lot of what this podcast is about. But, um, you know, the all the evidence that I've got in my life, you know, I've got a few years now of, you know, various experiences, but all the evidence just, you know, stacks up to be quite large. But yet, you know, the, the, little, the little voices in me, it always tries to kind of sell me you know something else and it's just like listen not it's fairly obvious that this works and you know even as much as going out for a run you know i run regularly um very much like yourself i've never ran for any other reason my well-being it's just like uh, a pressureless space in my life i've never attached no expectation to it you know just my relationship with running you know as a consequence things have happened like run grateful in your town runners and other bits so it's that's a different story but my own personal relationship with running has just been no pressure just go out run for my well-being etc and um and and even before i go if i'm intending to go for a run you know dear oh I'll go later or go tomorrow you don't need to run this stuff i've got to say i always get back thinking yet again every day it's just always trying to knock me not get me out the front door, you know, and it's not even one of them ones where it's trying, you know, like listening to your body, you know, because like I said, it's not all about escapism and just going because you're obsessed with it and all that kind of jazz. It genuinely is just doesn't want to see me progress for some reason, you know, there's this mm. little, little nagging voice that's, uh, you know, we keep quiet mo- most of the time, but it does try. <laughs> it does I think try. All experts at self sabotage, really. Yes. And it, yeah, it takes effort to work against that. Mm. that natural pull to to stop ourselves from going out for a run when you know it's what's going to help you or stop yourself from reaching out to a friend when you know it will help you yeah um we're all guilty of it to a certain degree yeah no absolutely and and like you said just kind of creating opportunities and spaces out there in the world in which you can relate to others and find your tribe find your community or whatever and if you can kind of identify in that way then yeah it just sparks 
um, I'll use that word again, hope, isn't it? Because, you know, it can be quite lonely out there for, for people, kind of, and like, we feel like we're in our own little world and this harsh, you know, harshness of the world sometimes, kind of, you know, always judging ourselves and others and I can't move as fast as them or I can't go as quick as them or I don't look like them and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, I call it stuff, it's, that's a bit of an understatement, but, but it's real, you know, it really is real, isn't it? And, you know, I'm not one for stats and all that kind of jazz, really, I don't, educate myself in a certain way I don't read the news I don't watch the news and all that stuff uh, for some of what I do I need to keep engaged to some capacity I don't live on a top of a mountain somewhere although it sounds attractive at times but you know I do choose to engage in life you know and, and as a byproduct of that it does bring about you know certain things you know but um, so you mentioned you now live in East End mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned that you went for that run is it in Sussex uh, back then is that where yeah. you grew up is that what brought you to London this so um yeah I grew up in Sussex grew up in Brighton um and then Eastbourne my parents <clears throat> are still in Sussex so I have good reason to go go have trips by the seaside because they're all down there which is lovely um but yeah I've been living in London for about the last eight years I had a break over Covid I went back to Sussex okay um which was nice, nice to have a bit more space over that period. But um, I love it here. I was itching to get back. East London feels more like home than anywhere I've been, so. Yeah, so you've got a good energy around here. I mean, I've not not been a stranger from around these parts. I mean, I've never lived too far, not like Sussex, but yeah, it's got got a good, it's got a good energy, you know, it's quite Mm -hmm. inclusive, not quite, it's very inclusive. It just feels like a nice place to be you know nowhere's perfect you know but it feels well obviously it's, it's pulled you in some way did yeah. you kind of always feel like you wanted to leave home and kind of go and experience something else you know eight years ago what what brought you to London was it a job was it um someone else or what was the reason I think I probably surprised everyone when I came to London um like throughout my childhood and my teenage years I was the quiet one I was extremely shy I, I had social anxiety, if I'm being <clears throat> completely honest. It wasn't just shyness, it was anxiety. Um, so for me to choose to come to London, I think, was a surprise to myself and to everyone else. Um, I think for me, it was like, I just want to try it. I'd like force myself almost to get myself a job here and give it a go for a year. Um, and turns out after a year, I realised I loved it yeah. and wanted to stay. And it was doing a lot for my confidence and bringing me outside of my shell. So, yeah. It's carried on. I credit London for, for helping me in that way. Yeah, well done, London. And, um, <laughs> and you say your job and you say that, you know, what, what, you know, what you found it isn't, I mean, it is a job, but it's not your only job. What, what do you do day to day? So I work for a mental health startup as well now. That wasn't what I did when I first came to London. Um, but Run Talk Runs helped move my career into a space that, that does bring me fulfillment. Um, yeah. And I love it. Yeah, that <clears throat> no, sounds like you're deeply passionate about it, which is great. So leaning more, we've spoken a little bit about running. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, entwined in that is, you know, you've already fed back about the, the value that it brings and your relationship with it, which is it's something I, I identify with, as I've, as I've mentioned. But, you know, the word gratitude you know, and attaching it to, to movement is something that we do at Run Grateful and it's something that we've kind of, in our own little way, put out there into the world as a, as something that, yeah, might might um, might resonate with somebody that doesn't, uh, you know, might view running as something and then 
if they see that there's other ways in which you can experience running or movement then it might be okay i'll give that a go you know a grateful mile or or a grateful run or whatever you know the case may be so yeah gratitude is it something that's been part of your life for a while is it something that you practice is it something that you've attached to your own kind of uh, running or walking um um so i think running did help me be more uh, grateful. Um, I th- I th- basically, I'll take you back. Um, the first time I actually started running was at the age of 19. And I'd spent, like I say, I spent my teenagers with anxiety, but also with an eating disorder, bulimia. And so I had a really awful relationship with my body. Um, we talked about self-sabotage. I was like queen of self-sabotage. Yeah. I'd bring up my food and just, yeah, be in a terrible place with how I felt about my body. And running was probably the first time I'd ever felt grateful for what my body could do as opposed to how it looked. And it changed It changed the game for me. It really helped me recover from that eating disorder because I just started looking at my relationship with food and my body so differently. Um, and having had so much self... It's going to sound really self-pitying, but... No, no, it doesn't. Having had so much self-loathing towards myself, I think running was the first time I'd actually felt something that looked more like pride Mm -hmm. and gratitude for my legs and the fact that they could take me out and give me headspace. Um, So, yeah, it completely changed, um, yeah, the way I felt grateful towards my body. Incredible. And, And before then... I know you said about kind of your teenage years in particular, but you know, was was activity, was kind of sports or anything like that? Was that something that you'd kind of participated in? Did you have any kind of relationship with it at all? Or you just sound like you're just all consumed with what you had going on at the moment, which was that, that illness? Yeah, so I hated sport, hated PE, hated any form of movement. I I think it's because I was so shy and anxious that I hated anything that would put me in the limelight. Okay. And sports just felt like like that, like that you're in the limelight. You know, once you had the ball in your hands, everyone's looking at you. Yeah. And I hated that. Um, so I did anything to get out of it at school. Okay. Anything. I didn't run at school at all. Uh, so to run and enjoy it was a shock Okay. at 19. Yeah. yeah. So to go, I mean, you, you've kind of sparked some you know some honesty I mean I say some honesty for me I'm not uh, I'm always open and transparent about some of my journey when it's appropriate you know and stuff like that but round about that time I was a similar age to you so I was 18 and I found myself in re- rehab uh, through drug addiction and alcoholism and all that kind of fun stuff and uh wasn't so fun so a similar time of age really for which for a lot of people um you know I know people have eaten disorders and stuff like that and I know there's kind of an entwinement with it all you know with the addiction process and you know so I can relate to a lot of what you're sharing with me this morning and but that time of your life you know a lot of people looked at me this was like 19 I'm 19 years sober now so you know things have changed quite dramatically since then which is amazing and like the you know people uh, a lot younger now are kind of coming in and seeking help and getting a bit more awareness around you know some of the support that's out there which is great, but that time of your life, what was, um, and obviously, you know, we can edit this out if you like, but I'm just curious, what was the spark for you to kind of seek help and like look at some of what was going on and the traps that you were in, um, you know, before obviously you found running that you've, you know, 
suggested really mm-hmm. supported you and your relationship with your body was starting to change which is incredible was there any other things where you just thought like enough is enough or was it a subtle thing for yourself was running the first gateway into you thinking okay I need to not sort myself out you know what I'm saying but just like okay yeah. I need to really dedicate myself to you know changing the direction of where I'm going you know uh, running really was where it changed actually um it sounds really corny because I obviously live and breathe running and this part of my career but I mean it it really did change Change things um okay I'll be completely honest about my motivation to stop bringing up my food Mm -hmm. it's because I'd become a student and wanted to throw myself into that student life yeah and I was a skinny little rake and I was quickly known as the lightweight Uh, on nights out I was the first to be throwing up and going home and I thought oh my word it's because I've got no food in my stomach and it's the worst motivation in the world I'm going to stop bringing up my food because I want to go get drunk instead (laughs) Um, but that was it I thought I need to be healthy enough to actually participate in this thing called student life and so it came from a very bulimic mindset that okay, if I'm not going to get rid of my food in that way, I'll get rid of my food through running it out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't advocate that as a great way to overcome an eating disorder because it's still, um, yeah, the wrong motivation to run. But it was that that point that I decided that I was going to change something about my behaviour. Yeah. But what I didn't realise, it was the very first, like, healthy coping mechanism I'd ever chosen, ever. <laughs> um, it's one, of, it's one yeah. of them ones where... You know, just relating it to some of what I've experienced, which is all I can ever do, really, you know, and uh, I can't relate to everything. But, um, you know, when people maybe come through and look to get sober or kind of, you know, change their behaviour around different addictions, you know, they see at times as like the wrong reason being I'm doing it for my my mum or my wife or my husband. and, And that gets them through the door and they feel like that's the wrong motivation to get, you know, to clean up their act. But actually, whatever gets you through the door, you know, on reflection, as you mentioned, it might not be the, you know, one that you promote too much, but... The, the main thing is, is that after a while, you've got enough evidence, you know, within your own system, within your own inner belief system, that actually there's something here to explore. You know mm. what I mean? Like actually, I, maybe I could, I could change here and, 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 and all of a sudden, bang, like it's done. You know, whatever gets you there, even if it's a crafty way, you know, as yeah. long as you stay there, which it sounds like you, you have uh, over the years, which is incredible. And then for you to share your experiences with others, you know, which you do not just for your own groups, but I'm sure in other areas of your life, it's just to kind of give hope to others that might be suffering. And, and you know, it's a strong word, suffering, but it is suffering. It's, 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 it's not... It's not great, is it? You know, some some of the spots no. we find ourselves in, you know, in that darkness when that's upon us, it's yeah, very tricky stuff. Very tricky stuff. So, um, I can see you're very passionate about that space. As you mentioned, your day to day is consumed by it as well, with you know everything that you do, including your day job. So, yeah, talk talk to us about uh, maybe some of the. Uh, not coping mechanisms, it's not the right way of putting it, but, you know, some of your, you know, your day-to-day, you've got running, it sounds like you've got a good friendship group, mm-hmm. so I can see on, on socials that you've got a great guy in your life that is there to support you, which is amazing. So, yeah, what's what have you picked up over the years? You mentioned journaling earlier, so, you know, things like that. Tell yeah. us some of the positive habits that you've got to support yourself. I I am so strict about my journaling. I have to journal every day. It's such an important part um, of me looking after me, actually. And, it, you know, sometimes it's time-consuming, especially if there's a lot in my head I want to get on the paper, but it's so worthwhile. 
Um, and it's one of those um, sort of well-being tools that kind of sounds a bit corny because it's, you know, just it just sounds corny, doesn't it, journaling? But um, for me, it's just brain dump, getting yeah. getting my thoughts onto paper. And I find like the process of articulating like the mess that's in my head and putting it into words um, just gives me a bit of perspective on those words. Yeah. When it's in my head, it's all chaotic and I can't really make sense of it. But as soon as it's on paper, it just seems a bit more manageable. So yeah, that's super important for me. Um, and just getting outside as much as I can, even if it's not to run. Um, if I find myself in a spiral, which happens more than I care to admit, um, even just stepping into my garden, not not to walk, not to run, just to, I don't know, be in the rain. <laughs> yeah. It just helps me so much. Um, so, yeah, there's a few things that I do. Um, I think, yeah, anything that shocks the body, you talked about, you know, your ice baths earlier. But even for me, like having not even a shock, but like a hot shower. Yeah. Just to like... Bring you back to the moment yeah, type of stuff, yeah. Something that shocks my body physically can often help me mentally. Yeah, amazing. And like in regards to the next step, I mean, without like expectation, I know you said you don't strategize and things like that, which, which I don't either. But, you know, the future's bright by the sounds of it. You know, the, the, the journey will bring various things to you know to our front doors more often than not that's just how it is and um but yeah what like the next the next stage for not just yourself personally for what you've got going on and i see uh, you've got a um, a nice relationship now collaboration with uh, you know some brands on the horizon and so are you very optimistic with kind of you know what the future holds and to kind of you know the good you can do in the world Oh, 100%. It excites me so much, like so, so much. Um, it scares me endlessly, but it excites me. And my goal for Run Talk Run is for everyone to have one accessible to them. And we're a long way off that, you know. There's 170 groups, but the world is a big place. Yes. Um, but So we've got, yeah, a long way to go. But the the demand of people wanting to lead these runs is huge. Yeah. Um, and Love yeah, it. it's a space that's needed, so... Absolutely love it. Just Fantastic, it yeah. And you, and yourself personally, just just uh, manage the moments with it all, and just go with the flow. Just knowing that you've got people around you to support that growth in particular. But it sounds like with this new start with your like day to day job, uh, if that's what I'm putting it again. But uh, yeah, it feels like you're in a, you're in a decent spot with that as well. Like you found your lane, you know. So mm. it's important and it's find your lane because sometimes. Yeah, you know, definitely growing up for me, there was that confusion around kind of who am I, where am I going, what am I doing, who am I doing it with, and what am I good at? That imposter syndrome is, you know, yeah. uh, it's a, you didn't title it as that, but a similar kind of thing. Our minds, you know, how they can interfere sometimes. And it's funny because somebody years ago, I was at his early, early doors of like recovery, so I was like, what, 18, 19, so like early 20s maybe, and, uh, you know, really struggling just like that because. I was things were unraveling for me, you know, like the the drink and drugs have gone. That are kind of I'd absolutely one hundred percent admitted that they had to go. That, that if I had to have any chance in life, they couldn't be part of my life. And uh, once I come to that conclusion, which was <laughs> a step in the right direction, it just opened up the floodgates really. And all of a sudden, I was feeling things and thinking things, and you know, the world was there. And I was like, whoa, like. And then I remember just going to somebody, I was doing a bit of, um, I think I was in a, in a hospital just giving out some leaflets about um, addiction, recovery and all that kind of stuff. And I was with this particular lady, I always remember her, Gabby, amazing lady. You know there's people that on occasions just slot into your life and you remember something that they said forever. 
And she said, I said, oh, listen, Gabby, I said, I don't know who I am. I've got all these voices in my head. I think I'm going mad, mate. And she said, uh, and this isn't the first time. And she was like, Mark, you're all of them people. And I was like, mm. whoa. I was just like, as soon as she said that, it's like something shifted in me. And mm. it's just like game changed. You mentioned about game changing moments without even realising them at the moment. Yeah. And yeah, just the way she positioned that. Uh, well, sorry, the way I positioned that in my mind was just, just allowed me all of a sudden to just not get caught up with the all the normal confusing questions that just, you know, I constantly ask myself most days. It's just like, actually, I'm all this, okay. So now I knew that, I could just feel like I could progress. And you can make a, friends with those okay, voices. Exactly, yeah, 100%. <clears throat> Once yeah. they're not the enemy, it's like, okay, you're, you're going to stay in my head and tell me horrible things, but I'm going to make friends with you and just accept you. Like, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And even realising, really, in a roundabout way, they're just trying to protect me. Mm. It's just another kind of <clears throat> way of... And, and like I said, as soon as you kind of embrace it, as opposed to thinking, oh, I'm going mad or, you know, all this kind of stuff or, you know, feeling judged if I was to speak in this way to some people, they might think, you know, all that kind of jazzy, kind of that, that pot of muddiness or whatever you want to call it. But absolutely that, just kind of embrace it as part of me, um, work with it as opposed to working against it and... Uh, and just yeah, just kind of accept the landscape really, and it's just and that just kind of heightens self awareness, you know. And then then I suppose I'm talking to you now, which just is another kind of um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's an, it's another step in the right direction in regards to how important self awareness is, mm-hmm. you know. And and to get self awareness, you need to have these open and honest conversations with others because you know you can talk yourself well, and you can just get clarity in areas and new experiences and all that kind of stuff isn't it so that's why I just absolutely cheer kind of what you're doing and uh, and how you're doing it and th- that environment just breeds that doesn't it that openness with, with others you know yeah 100% I think there's a, this misconception that if you want to talk about your mental health you have to go and find a therapist or you need to go to your GP um, that's not the case you know there, there's places that are a bit more accessible and not as formal and like we can do this, you know, um, in the right spaces, you know, yeah. if you go to meet your friends in the pub, it might not be the right space to come and bring all your mental health stuff. Um, but there are spaces that are less intimidating and less formal than therapy. If you, if you feel like you need a space to talk about your experiences. Hmm. And I suppose, you know, I can't speak for everybody and we've got to draw it back to ourselves, but you know, we're, we're all human beings. We're all kind of put on this planet earth for whatever reason you know none of us really asked to be here um you know if you want to kind of go back to the very beginning but we are here and and it is it is a complex place you know with different people relating in different ways and for anyone to be on the same page at the same time is is really tough you know because of circumstances and how we relate and identify and diff- you know it's just Oh, it's, it's just one big book and for everyone to land on that same page is near enough impossible but but what is possible is to kind of always come back to that common kind of ground whereas we've all got these thoughts feelings insecurities inadequacies kind of you know we've all got things going on in some way and yeah just to kind of uh, allow ourselves the opportunity to not feel judged by that i think is um yeah i think we you know it's, it's, a, it's a it's a long it's not an impossible task and and I think as as you quite rightly have brought up a few times, you know, over time, over the last few years in particular, more and more is being done and spoken about, and you know, places to go as opposed to therapists and GPs, and you know, the awareness around it always just, yeah, we're going in the right direction. I think, but it's a generational thing as well. I think it's mm. not gonna, there's no instant gratification with this stuff, is there? Oh no, absolutely not. No. Um, 
And yeah, there's there's a lot more people willing to talk now, I think, but still quite hard to find the spaces to talk. Yeah. yeah. Like people want to start sharing. But there's 170 of them I know about. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, of course, yeah, there's loads of one-talk runs now. Yeah. I just, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see it replicated in lots of other ways. Um, yeah. But it, it is happening. It's just like you say, it's slow. Yeah. You've got to be patient for for the spaces to sort of catch up yeah. to the demand. And that's the, that's the other thing you've been in this conversation, in the context of time, it's actually quite rapid, you mm. know, but like you you look back and you think, oh, like five years ago, 10 years ago, et cetera, and you think, well, it's taken too long. But in the context of history, it's like, wow, we're at a moment in time here, we're actually, you know, especially the next generation coming through and like the open minds that they've got in regards to like the world and, and, and how we're living in it and how we're treating it. It's just like you do feel like there's a real shift to say we can accelerate and COVID, you know, done that in lots of ways as well. Listen, yeah. there's, there's dramas in the world and there's absolutely terror and, you know, all kinds of awful things going on. But, you know, the, the how we can accelerate the process now. Um, I think we'll just see, you know, and it might be the shortcomings of that might bring challenges because mm. that just brings its own problems because, you know, not everything needs to be accelerated because it does take time, especially delicate issues, you know, like this and getting true context behind conversations, you know, and that's why the offline connection and creating, you know, run, talk, run, etc., and just having that human connection is so important because then you can really look into people's eyes, which is tough. I think you mentioned it earlier mm. on in the conversation. That's a toughie, that is. But it's important, isn't it, where you can actually see where people are coming from without getting lost behind a message, which, you know, if you've got social anxiety, like I do, you know, as well, um, uh, a lot, it's, it's easier, isn't it? But however yeah. you communicate, listen, just communicate. I'm not kind of saying that one way is better yeah. than another way at all, far, far from it. But, you know, if we can kind of create that, that connection, you know, there's, there's nothing like it, personally. Yeah, there's something different about showing up in person for each other. Even if it's not for yourself, yes. but for for the other people at that support group, Absolutely. you know, just um, saying like, I'm here for you. I'm, I've got a pair of ears for you. Like I'm, I'm present for you. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that's enough. Even if, you know, we have a whole run talk run where we don't actually talk about anything mental health related. We, we've sort of shown up for each other just by being with each other. And that's enough. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's all you need sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. Just knowing that somebody's there. You know, you've mentioned it a few times along the lines of sounding corny and all that jazz, which it isn't, but that's it. You know, yeah. but it's just so you know that someone's there for you. That's half it. It's just that willingness from people to show up mm. is, is, you know, is priceless, absolutely priceless, you know, so it's, it's incredible. And uh, yeah, listen, you provoked so much in me this morning, which I had a hunch that'd be the case, just kind of getting a bit of a feel from, you know, what you openly share about um, uh, on, on socials, etc., which is. Yeah, I, I thank you for that, really. You know, and um, yeah, the world needs you. So that's great. So we're going to finish off. Um, I could talk to you for forever. Just with, uh, there's a few questions here mm -hmm. uh, that we tend to wrap up with. So enough, nothing too too heavy, okay. uh, which is amazing. So we're going to start off by just asking if there's somebody in particular that you are grateful for. If there's anyone that springs to mind that you want to, maybe next time you go out for your, for your run, you can dedicate your your grateful mile too um again I, I'm saying the word corny way too much but it, it has to be my mum like she is the person who who gets me out running when I least want to um she supported me on some of my hardest challenges um I ran my first ultra this year and she Ooh. ran she ran the whole thing with me bless oh, her mate, like she is someone I'm so grateful for um and I'm lucky to be able to share running with her um 
but yeah, she's my biggest support. Has she been running like for for years before, or is it kind of something you you both started together? Or uh, she was a really serious runner uh, as a teen, uh, and then she had me at seventeen. Okay. So she stopped for a long time, but now she yeah she runs loads now. She loves she's it. She's much faster than me. Yeah. I'd love to <laughs> yeah, meet her amazing. one day. Yeah, good. Well, yeah, well, I'm grateful for your mum as well. So say hi for me. <laughs> um, what else we got here? Oh, yeah, we like um, actually we're finished on this one. So just one before we finish, if there was a country. Uh, you've ever been to and would love to go back to or somewhere you've never been before where would you go like right now if I said all right jump on a plane Uh, New Zealand I think Um, it is a place I've been to but I only had a week there and it was not long enough takes a week to get there doesn't it I think (laughs) pretty much yeah Uh, so yeah it was just not long enough at all and there is so much more of it I'd want to explore it was stunning so I just yeah I can't imagine all the runs that I could do over there, yeah. Well, maybe a, a run talk run could, uh, could could happen over there. You never know. There is know. one coming to Auckland. Is, um, yeah, okay. Obviously, they've been in lockdowns and yes. stuff, but yeah, there's one one coming to Auckland very soon. So. Oh, amazing! Good oh, reason great. to go over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, good luck to you. Fantastic. Uh, and this one, yeah, very light-hearted. But uh, if you were to be on your grateful run um, with your group uh, in Auckland uh, one day, and you find a genie lamp. Mm-hmm. You had three wishes. What would your three wishes be? Oh, um, everyone always reacts like that, don't they, Danny? What would said, they oh. be? <laughs> uh, to be forever uninjured. <laughs> that would be nice. Good one. Uh, uh, I Danny's like, nodding there. Yeah. Uh, health for my friends and family. Uh, that's a cheesy one, but that's what I really want. Um, not going to say happiness because you know it's life. Um, and the third one. Um, a promise that Run Talk Run would be just sustainable forever. Um, I don't know how that would look in terms of a wish, but a wish for sustainability for Run Talk Run. Yeah. For it to keep going forever and ever. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it will. As we mentioned, there's, there's challenges and, you know, to grow anything, you know, there's moments in time where, yeah, like lots of questions get raised and uh, support is needed and everyone's relying on somewhere, some somehow, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of jazz. So if we're like, it's a whole different conversation, which we're not going to get into now because you need to get off because you've got other commitments and uh, and so have I. So, but um, yeah, listen, unless there's anything from yourself, um, I really enjoyed, I feel like I've chatted most of the time, if I'm honest, but <laughs> uh, I've loved chatting with you. I really have. And uh, fingers crossed we've got more chats to come. Yeah, it's been so lovely. Thank you for indulging me in mental health chat. <laughs> yeah, listen, yeah. There's, there's worse ways of starting a day, isn't there? So uh, hopefully it'll kickstart a positive weekend for us both. Yeah. And uh, in this misty, misty, murky East London weather. And uh, yeah, as without repeating myself, thanks so much for what you do. And you deserve everything that comes to you. And um, yeah, long may it continue. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. Brilliant.